0: Welcome to episode 2 of Talk Commerce, where we talk about commerce in this new digital world and how it touches the merchant, consumer, and agency. We interview Christoph Ringlas, a FooMan this week, on Magento extensions, the quality of the Magento work, and the fact that we've been working together for the last 12 years. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. This episode was recorded on March 7th, 2021. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you download your podcasts. Talk Commerce is sponsored by Eway Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise level digital solutions, and Wagento Creative, fulfilling strategic growth through digital solutions. Our things and NZ, 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 as we used to call it. NZ, sorry, I did, I did see that you had a blog post on uh, mergers and acquisitions, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit today.
1: I have to admit, your you guys being bought was the trigger for me to say, "Go." Uh, seems to be happening every other month, so yeah, just trying to to keep track, and it's been a few years, and obviously. Our initial stab at it missed quite a few, but some people have l- letting us know what we missed. And so we've tried to add, add a few more people and companies and links in but I'm pretty sure there's still lots and lots that are not on, on people's radar. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting summary or snapshot of how far Magento has come as a community and how the changes seem to be Lately, but then again, looking back, it has been there forever. And
0: the big news today with Ben Marks,
1: not surprising, I would say. As in the, the, the only th- surprising thing for me out of it is how how quickly it happened. My my thought would have been, Ben gives himself a little bit more of a holiday and sort of you know just let it sit and see what his options are before embarking on a new journey but he, he was never gonna go away from this space and he? he's uh, he's definitely an asset to any community that has him.
0: yeah and I, I talked to Ben right after our sale so what, tell me what like what's new for you what's gonna happen this year I just put my notice in I'm like what yeah. And I knew it was happening. I knew it was coming up and I suspect that Ben had uh, some shopware already in his, like they'd been talking. And I, I joined the master's call this morning and uh, I asked what, I asked Sherry, like, what is it that, who's going to be able to, or who is going to replace Ben or what is the plans? And she said, who could replace Ben? So I, I tend to agree with that. It's, it's a different environment now. And, uh, I don't remember if, if you remember, is it Matt say He was the Adobe spokesperson when Adobe bought Magento. I don't know if you read Imagine when he was there. And then he quick, not quickly, but he then soon left for AWS. So it's a corporate environment now, right? Yes.
1: And, and I think you said I wanted to bring up community. And I think that's probably the main thing which... Adobe hasn't done really well at all as it's always inevitable that existing people once you know you get uh, bought up from a bigger company that people don't see the right fit or don't have the career path or the opportunities that they previously had that they will leave. But I think Adobe as a whole hasn't done well to establish new figures and new um, leadership which comes out of Adobe looking after sort of the magenta space i'm sure jason woosley is still around but i think that's probably one of the the few people from the previous leadership team that's still normally on board with commerce slash magenta and yeah obviously we've had ben but we never really had a chance to introduce who his successor would be i think COVID. The rest is, not if there was a bit of longer term succession planning, it would have been a great opportunity to take that success around the world and introduce that person. But obviously, there wasn't really many events to pull that off, nor is there a dedicated person currently to, to fill those shoes. We'll see what, what Adobe has uh, uh, planned for the whole evangelism side of things you know it's i mean I,
0: th- I think it's interesting and it's interesting that like ebay adobe how those acquisitions made and then everybody was so down on the community and they're going to ruin the
1: community and then somehow the community rallied it's an interesting one from me because i i always feel like i have a interesting vantage point from new zealand as on so far away so for me it's usually trying to to read the the tea leaves and ever so often when i make the the trip to the margins or not or so you know i feel like I, I dip my toe into it and i feel a bit off the current in terms of what the magenta Margin- the community is doing and obviously i'm involved in the local community but that's fair to say that that has definitely changed quite a bit in recent times, as in there's still a nucleus of people that are very involved with Magento, but it's definitely getting smaller, which is, I think, a fair summary of where Magento is at in terms of the type of merchants and the type of people using Magento.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. and. We're we're hopefully planning on spending some winters here in Hawaii. And it's interesting that we're one hour apart, 23 hours apart, but it's only one hour <laughs> ineffective time. Is. Uh, but it, it, as we spend more time here, it'll be interesting to see how, if Hawaii being a U.S. state, but next week we're going to be five hours difference from central time. Is that going to make us even more disconnected from the world or does the internet and Twitter and everything else help us all be part of it? I think for me, the hardest part is communicating with my friends in Europe when I'm here, just the the time zone really clashes. So I don't know about how, like how do you work out some of those time differences when you wanna talk to somebody in England or Germany?
1: So I guess the summary is we we have always been fairly Asynchronous, as in like email is the best way to communicate with us. And I am a little bit of a night owl. So that obviously helps if people get in touch while I'm still up, that sort of allows a little bit of quicker turnaround on a few things, but yeah, the the time difference to Europe from us is pretty much exactly 12 hours, so that's one of the I think for the U.S. it's just okay. So that's one of the reasons we picked um, 8 p.m. European time for our XDN open chat, which is happening tomorrow, as that will uh, allow me to tune in early morning just just after the first release. Really. All right. So let's talk about eXDN
0: for a little bit then. I remember, and I, I can't believe it's been like since 2016,
1: right, that that launched? Is that correct? Yes. So the first idea, really, the first people getting together really was 2016. That was like the early stages of Magenta 2, really. And, and that, I think, was the, the main driver for me is to get people in the same boat together to get an idea of, hey, here's this completely new platform. All of a sudden, all these people want all these things from extension developers, but Wait a second, like we are supposed to make this huge, uh, huge step forward without really any idea of where it will end up and if it's even useful or if it's a, a good investment for us to be on board. So, yeah, trying to get an idea of what other extension developers at the time were doing. And so, the other thing happening at at the same time, which was a bit of a change was obviously Magenta Marketplace, as in their commercials changed slightly. <laughs> as a, they obviously wanted to take a cut from everything that's being sold on uh, Marketplace and selling directly through Marketplace rather than what happened previously, which was just a referral to essentially everyone owns um, website.
0: Yeah, I I sort of remember the old marketplace. It it was just, uh, was it a link through? I can't 100% remember how it worked. It it was all Magento 1.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Magento Connect. Yes,
0: Magento Connect. And could we theoretically install extensions through the admin using Magento Connect? So,
1: yes, there was a way for custom packages to install the admin, but I don't think it ever took off nor was it uh, straightforward.
0: Yeah. And I think the, the rule of thumb was don't give the, the client, the merchant any way of actually doing that. Cause it probably will kill
1: their site. <laughs> yes. Yes. As in with, with excess comes responsibility. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So just an interesting backstory, we got involved with Magento in late 2015 and we're looped in with some people to start building the Magento marketplace with them. And there was another company involved out of Canada that did a front end in Drupal. And it was meant to be just like an app store. They were going to come up with an app store and the, the goal was to have this. They had some pre-baked app style. It wasn't an app. It was a Drupal application that connected to a backend. So our job, and our job at Wagento and I, that was it was VJ leading it with a number of other developers. Our job was to connect this Drupal front end with Magento in the backend and maybe leaving the ability to just log into the admin, but it turned into this huge project of, of just completely making everything available via APIs in Magento 1, this is on Magento 1.14, and then connecting this app to the back end. And I think we worked on that for Two or three, no more than that. Three or four months with this company. It was April of 2016 that we got we we got this call that said we're going to redo the whole store in Magento two. Can you guys do it in eight weeks? If they bring a team from the Ukraine and we had VJ come over from India and a couple other people, we had some. Yeah, we had a bunch of people come in. We all went to Austin and. They kicked, they built it, kicked out this store, and it was launched right before Imagine. So it was a really cool story. And it worked. I think that was like the amazing part that on Magento 2, we built this store and that's all the payouts and everything happened through Magento 2. That's the, (laughs) that's our, I don't know, call it claim to fame, but it was a fun, it was a very fun project. Everybody got along. Like we had a dedicated scrum master from Magento. We had these two Cuban guys that worked for us at the time. And I just remember walking by, walking by their room in the hotel and they, their normal voices were like this. They're just yelling. But, of course, in Spanish. <laughs> and then at the end, we had a, a big party in Austin where... The Cuban guys had some cigars and uh, Magento had a bunch of bourbon. And we just had this huge party out on the out in the river. It was really fun. So,
1: yeah. So 2016 seems like it, forever ago. It, it is. But also it isn't, I like guess. Time uh, goes faster than in e-commerce is the, the one thing that's always true. The only constant has changed. That still applies. So and, yeah, obviously, that? the marketplace has come quite some way since then as well, but in in other aspects, that it yeah, it's hard to say that it can come far enough, right? And um, I think to to me, it's it's still a lost opportunity strategically, as in if you look at a platform and community. What is the focal point of everyone involved in the community? That does go via themes and extension extensibility. And where do all these different parties come together? That is the marketplace or it should be. Whereas currently it's not there. And I currently don't see the, let's call it the appetite to make it that place. So tell me
0: how tell me how Foo Man interacts with the marketplace. Do you get a lot of your business out of the marketplace, or is it a mixture of two? Or do you t- tell me how that how from a business standpoint, I'm, I'm interested in hearing how that how it works for you. And it sounds like you have a, a few mixed messages or feelings about it.
1: Yes, yeah, so I still think as a long term opportunity channel for us, I think there's still opportunity there, but as it stands today, most of our business is not going through Marketplace. As in we do have people that would prefer going via there, but for us, having lots of things built, what Marketplace has also built, we're able to cater to our and support our customers a whole lot better by doing it in-house. Yeah, okay, so
0: I'm assuming your extensions are available via Composer through packages or something like that, it works the same as, okay, yep, just getting back to the extension developers network, Did it just give me an idea of how that started and who started it and why it started. Um,
1: I started, so I think, so the origin story, I think we, yeah, I tried to tell it a, a while ago. Meet Magenta New York, I think it was. So, the moment really where it clicked in my head was we got like a a, not quite a review, but feedback from a customer who said, "Uh, Fuman, this was awesome. Uh, It worked first time. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, nine times out of 10, I have a pretty bad experience. And so, uh, at first, I was like, yay, we're doing everything right, customer happy, surely we're doing better than our competitors, so this is great. But then I had this uh, this moment where I was like, hey, if the industry as a whole, nine times out of ten people have a bad experience, what does it mean for the industry? So, yeah, x was born out of that idea that, hey, there, there are more people that have a similar um, approach to making sure the customer has a good experience. It's trying to highlight those type of extension developers that provide the good experience and lifting the overall game of the extension developer industry really. So yeah, we got together a group of people and trying to grow it uh, organically since then. trying to get involved with the right people at Magento, obviously, because as I said, marketplace, while a good idea still has some way to go. So we always have feedback and trying to highlight the developers that we think in that one out of 10 experience rather than the nine out of 10 experience. Tell us how it's funded.
0: I'm interested in how The good developers are bubbled up to the top, and then I'm also interested in the blacklisted ones, or is there a way that you hear about blacklisted developers or or agencies at least?
1: So in terms of how we organize, it's essentially, let's call it an association, as members apply to become part of XDN, and then they go through an application process where we're Ask quite a few questions and then we have a, yeah, a quorum on our end where we go over an application and assess if it should go further or not. And then it's presented to the current members and then each member can essentially say if they're okay with a new member joining or not. And so the wider we've gotten over time, a lot is based on reputation and sort of what we can glean out of public records. As in, it's easy for someone to say we are the best, but obviously we try to put our feelers out and get an understanding of if we accept a new member, is that gonna be detrimental to the views of what people think of XDN or is it actually gonna be beneficial? There is an actual website people can go to, right? Yes, so it's xdn.org, and so we went for the org uh, domain. As and as I said, it's a, it's an association, but it's non-profit, it? it only exists uh, for the goal of making sure that people have a great experience with extensions in the Magento suite.
0: And how do you how do you interact with
1: Magento proper on
0: eXdm?
1: So we have a few existing contexts where we have a semi-regular meeting with the marketplace people. So we've, that has changed over the years quite a bit. So we've tried to connect with the different people over the years that we're responsible or are responsible on the marketplace side. So we try to give feedback where we can. And yeah, then through channels like these and through our members trying to spread the word of what XDN is and. Hopefully you raise the awareness a little bit that what we stand for and hopefully what our members can deliver. I remember
0: one of the big complaints about the old marketplace or the new old marketplace was the the fact that you could game the reviews. I think Karen Baker was a big, a big advocate of saying that the reviews are broken on there. Have you thought about A, making it, an EXDN or your own sort of marketplace that these all these extensions would in almost I, I guess I don't want to use the word compete against Magento, but I suppose you would compete against the Magento marketplace. And then, B, would there is there a place already that you could see customer reviews on
1: actual extensions that people have installed? I think the thought is always there to have a combined still but equally, we also know it's not going to be an easy one as in currently it's, it's not official association like uh, the Magento association. So it's not like an official legal body that XDN is. So to be able to take payments in any country and distribute them across the world without flagging any dodgy text business, we would have to take that step. So I think we're not. Quite at that stage yet, where we would entertain those those next steps to do that. In terms of reviews, that is something we've uh, contemplated. But again, it's. I think I'd rather use this uh, interview to to ask people really to leave reviews, especially good reviews, isn't it's, it's good for the remaining people in. The community is an if you have an actual experience, share that experience because other people can benefit from it. And on marketplace, the number of actual reviews is a lot less than it should be. So in the old days, we might have had the problem of too many reviews where most of them were fake, but these days there's hardly any reviews. Like on, on some of my free extensions, I have thousands of downloads, thousands of people put it in the card, presumably installed it. I don't have any visibility of that. Like the, the review set you get doesn't work. And I can sort of glean from the, the message that they're saying that quite possibly they didn't install it. Quite possibly they didn't, they have something else. Quite possibly the error message references code that's not in our extension. So that's the type of reviews you may get if you're lucky. But overall, it needs more people communicating back that it worked, which is what I assume will happen in most of the time. As as I said, there's thousands of people installing the extensions. And if you don't hear anything, the assumption would be that it did most of the job.
0: I I do feel like the marketplace could do a, a much better job. We have one extension that was free for a long time, the Zendesk extension. I checked at some point, we had 10,000 downloads on this extension. And I think we have one review. I think Magento should be thinking about how do they get reviews on on the extensions that come out of it? Because I don't think, and like the other thing is like having more visibility on who downloads it, and the opportunity to even prompt them to get the review. There's just so many firewalls, I feel like, that are in between the extension provider and the person purchasing it or getting it for free. Yes, they can They can ask for support, they can contact you directly, but if they don't, and I give go back to the Zendesk extension as a good example, if they just download it and then they install it, and it's free, we don't necessarily know who it is, what they've used it for, how many times they've used it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And, <laughs> okay. but, so it's, that's not me being it, crazy. It, it, no, it, but it, it, it's also not a hard problem. It, it's just a problem of focus and actually someone wanting to do it. And that's, that again goes back to what I was saying initially is like, Seeing marketplace is a strategic importance to focus the community. And you know, things like you could easily expand the existing uh, module of marketplace, which is included in Magento, which just has like a, a way to existing install extensions through the through backend. Hey, recently installed extension. How did it. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. But again, someone needs to do it. Someone needs to have the appetite for building it, which is currently not there. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that too. I think that there could be a lot of things to make that part of it better. And I guess I'm not sure If it's Adobe and a lack of resources or Adobe or or in a lack of direction, I, I would imagine it's a little bit of both from the resource standpoint, I find it a little bit not troubling. They have, they do have so many resources and just seeing what they've done, like with Magento U and how that folded into Adobe digital learning services, it seems like the marketplace has a lot of, let's just say it has a lot of opportunity that they could grow on.
1: Yeah, that's probably a, a fair assessment of uh, where things are today. From the marketplace to your extensions,
0: are you looking at some SaaS-based extensions and maybe even going off into other platforms other than Magento? Or have you already done, have, have people asked you for extensions for other other uh, commerce platforms and SaaS
1: platforms. So we've had uh, a couple of inquiries where people moved to different platforms, but at the moment, Fuman is fairly focused on one platform. As and it's as in we're a small player, and I think with focus comes a lot of benefits. As in, like we know Magenta inside and out. So we can provide a really good service and we understand the problems. Whereas um, duplicating that across different platforms would require a substantial investment into ourselves to be able to deliver on the same sort of level. As in, it takes a while to understand the intricacies of each and into every platform. SaaS in a way makes some things a lot easier because you essentially take away lots of options which you know if you have less options then all of a sudden things are easy so yeah we'll see at the moment magenta is our main focus and i currently don't have plans for 2021 to to change that interesting so maybe shopwares in your future we see if uh, if ben Marks uh, finally makes it out to new zealand and convinces me that uh, we. I need to jump into that space. <laughs> okay, so just going back
0: to your blog, how to find trustworthy information about your Magento extension? What did you? What was your conclusion on that? And do you see? Do you think you can still do that? It's been four years since I think you wrote that post, but is that? And I think that's something that's really important. And I, we've already determined that maybe marketplace isn't meeting that expectation because we don't really know what's happening after it's been sold?
1: Yeah, so I think where there are reviews on marketplace, they still have a valid um, point in terms of that. I think they they now have two different categories, which is a verified purchase and an unverified purchase. And I, I still think some people are still gaming the system in terms of buying their own extension and then uh, creating their own review on it. I think that could still be very much a way to uh, get that very first review. To You know, like if you have no stars versus a five star, that's immediately, it does look so much better. So I think some people may be tempted to actually do that because it's easy enough. All you have to give up is essentially 30% of your purchase price because you get it back. So, you know, what you get out of it, I think, is quite possibly too much of an incentive to do that. But the other things I still I feel still apply, I probably would extend my list slightly, which is if you find an extension, I think these days it's a lot easier... Be prepared to cycle through a few different extensions, just trial them out quickly as a most actually have a money back guarantee. So if it doesn't have a money back guarantee, okay, then don't do it. But for example, marketplace would have it. So by the time you cycle through three different extensions, do a quick install to see how they go. And then you have a good idea of which will get you closer to your goal. I think. A lot of people think that an extension is going to solve all their problems, but maybe approaching it from a standpoint of view is, hey, this sort of saves me 60, 75, 80% of development time, as long as the extension is a good base to work off and is sort of built with extensibility in mind, then you work off a really solid base, which might have already covered a lot of the edge cases which your project management discovery process hasn't uncovered yet. By building on a base which gets you 80% there. Sure, maybe you need to trial two different extensions because one is coded better than the other. But that's why you engage agencies because they quite possibly have that experience across the across a few different existing extensions that they can fall back on.
0: Okay, that brings up a couple of interesting questions. The first one is how how do you help agencies or, or client, the end user deal with like performance issues? So as an agency, we come across customers who may have 70 extensions because they feel like every extension is going to solve every single problem. And the more extensions they have, the more problems they'll get rid of. And they don't realize that when you're going to, say, Magento 2.4, every single one of those extensions also has to come along for the ride. So I think there's
1: a few things to unpack in there as well. But so one of the things we try to communicate a lot more these days is what you get from us in terms of we keeping on top of every single extension and every single release So every three months, uh, a new Magenta release comes out, and depending on how many active release lines there are, that means we jump into action, and we actually individually test those extensions on all the new releases. So we do this for every extension four times a year. So this is work that we take on and if you're able to install the extension on the new version, that means we have gone through our process to say, this is good. So that's where I think some of the benefits of using external extensions is. You pay a small amount for that to be kept up to date, uh, keep kept working. If we did our job well, for example, on our email attachments extension over the last year and a half there were about three to four different changes inside our extension just the way templating emailing etc works but if we've done our job you wouldn't have even noticed you you run your composer update and our extension just pulls in the right version for the magenta version you're on and you're none the wiser it just works yeah and i Um, think that's theoretically I, I saw a new version of Big
0: Sur just came out. Not Big Sur. Is it Big Sur? I don't know. The new version. There's a new version of of the uh, of uh, Mac OS that just came out. So theoretically, you want that to upgrade and not to be any problem. So I 100% agree with you. So then, how do you get the myriad of other developers out there doing the exact same thing? And that's I think that's the question. And I think one of the things that the marketplace could improve on would be to, I guess they do already give the version. So I, I, I'm in that process that you've just gone over, I- ensuring that all those are upgraded and that so, version is correct.
1: So that sort of depends a little bit on how you approach versioning of your extension and how um, conservative slash open you are with uh, defining your dependencies. As if I provide an extension which says, I'm compatible with Magento, then you know, no matter which version of Magento you are now and in way into the future, this will install. So that is the easy route. And the easy route has been taken by many. So therefore you have no, no safeguards. It will install. Nothing will tell you if it has been verified on the latest version or not it's up to the agency slash merchant slash end customer to find out if that works or not. Yeah, and just to
0: get the alternative to that is uh, making sure that your module doesn't upgrade with the latest version until you've tested it and then you change the version. So essentially your a module that isn't, that is only compatible with up to some version is a roadblock for the next person or they have to manually force the upgrade with that extension?
1: We've gotten a whole lot more explicit over the last few years, as in on now the view, is in if we've t- tested it explicitly, it works. But if we haven't done our job yet, then something will be holding back until you can take that step.
0: Yeah, and I think that you would agree that the latter, the the one where you're explicitly saying this is not going to go to the next version until we've tested it, is the better.
1: It depends because it comes with an implicit um, promise that we are on top of our game to actually be very close to GA release, and we've gotten a whole lot better with that. With That's actually a good change that has come out of Adobe they provide a bit of a pre-release timeframe. So during that timeframe, that's when we either have better access or the pre-release timeframe. So during that time, we're incredibly busy uh, to make sure that we hit that prior to GA. So once GA uh, general availability hits, that our extensions are available across all channels. So people can just update. But obviously if you're not that quick, if your maintenance window is, hey, we're still not compatible with Magenta two point four, then obviously holding back all stores, um, you know, like to actually try that themselves to see if it, to go through their own testing process. In that case, it might be preferable to essentially let it go and uh, let, let the other people do the job.
0: Tell, tell me a little bit about PWA and how are you dealing with that in
1: terms of extensions? So I think it's fair to say PWA in Magento, that's PWA studio has seen quite a bit of hype. And I think it came out of the pain points of the existing front end. Um, and we're going to be talking quite a bit about that in our XDN open chat tomorrow. So hopefully everyone was able to, to join that. I'm not sure when we're going to air this interview. So with that, I think it's been a long time in the making and they have quite a few good ideas around extensibility and we've tried to as XDN members try to engage at various stages, but I think time moves slowly on that front as and I've actually just gone back on, on some of the emails to see when was the first time we tried to get involved with that and that's pretty much from the initial stages of when pwa studio started where nothing was extensible there was no code no nothing but that was obviously way too early but we're still not at a point yet where it's extensible yeah there's still work to be done and similar for other front-end solutions so yeah, I'm really hoping that some of that extensibility. The ideas are there; it's just a matter of making sure that all the right places are getting getting opened up and actually useful.
0: Okay, and then the the ten thousand dollar question: the Hoofa, the new Hufa theme versus Luma versus PWA, where do you, or versus all the other. JavaScript front ends like uh, Vue Storefront and uh, Scanny Web. There's a bunch of them out there now. The P, I guess, the PWA versus the this built-in theme. Where, where are you sitting on those?
1: So my my hope is that PWA Studio slash Venia slash maybe something else becomes again a new Luma theme as in a quick start where existing extension points are well-defined where everyone knows, Hey, if you run, when I run an installation for an extension, and if I wanted something to show up in the front end, I can make estimated guesses in which area I can add something that will just show up. And once those are defined for any front end, then it becomes a matter of how how can we get into that process for an extension and with the various front ends there is and that's something we raised you know again three years ago back then it was deity and one other one anyway commerce tools i think so there, there is lots of different front ends out there how do we keep them all extensible and ideally not in a way that duplicates efforts to, to a huge extent. And, and that's really still an open question. I view Storefront was the other one. So different stack, still JavaScript. So maybe there's some room there to uh, keep things consistent.
0: My, my big beef so far on Luma has been, well, the, just the speed in which the out of the box loads. I'm excited about PWA Studio because I think out of the box, even on a small Amazon server, it loads in under two seconds. But I think Luma just default loads in four seconds or something like that. And I think the goal now is everybody wants less than one second load times. And I don't see Magento working very hard on their either Luma theme, and I think that PWA studio isn't quite there yet for people to use so that I think the big thing that has to be tackled now is the speed and I'm hoping we we're, we're doing our first live store or a customer store on the hoofa hoofa I'm doing the finish way the hoofa theme so
1: I'm I'm excited to see how it works and how it turns out think the, the summary of the Hoover theme is really the, the front end magenta 2 deserved. So, yeah, hopefully that, that pans out and I think it's a, a really good current state of having a different option. And, and that really shows the possibilities with an engaged community, as in Magento is so flexible, you can just rip out the things that you don't like. If you put in the effort, you can just come up with a completely new front end where everyone goes, this is amazing. And that's something you you can do with Magento. So again, that's, I guess, why we're all still um, in it because it offers that flexibility.
0: Yeah, and uh, you really can't do that with Shopify. I haven't tried, <laughs> so I can't. All right, so tell us, uh, how is life in New Zealand right now?
1: Still good. I went for my my big uh, coastal challenge run a couple of weeks ago. The next day, but uh, actually the next two days. So it was a, it was a pretty good experience. It was a lot more in the water than I thought. Um, and was that a formal maybe. race, or is it just? I
0: saw a video. But there's a lot of people there. Was it an actual race, or is it just a lot of people getting together to run?
1: No, no, it was an actual race. Isn't it? like with uh, with transponder and everything. Some people work pretty fast and not me, but I I made it to the finish line, which is uh, what what was the main thing for me. So I I do have another
0: friend in New Zealand and she said that you're not wearing masks in general now? Is that, or do people, are people wearing masks when you're out and about in
1: general? Mm, So it depends a little bit. Currently, Auckland is so we have a le- four levels of restrictions. And last week, we actually were back at level three, which is somewhat strict with schools closed. With level two and level one, there's a mandate to use masks on public transports, but otherwise limited use. Yeah.
0: In on this on the Big Island here i think i heard that there was two cases or something and we had to get tested before we left and we we get tested when we land so there's there there's a lot of restrictions on in in hawaii at least on the big island and masks are very common like you you are meant to always have your mask on so i think that's a good thing and where my home state is minnesota which is in the middle of the tundra same thing
1: everybody's wearing a mask and it's this thing to do. Which is great because it must help. And if everyone does their bit, then hopefully we will all get out of it quicker.
0: I am signed up for a race in June. It's called Grandma's Marathon. And I've done, this will be my fourth time I've done that race. And they have a new algorithm that they're going to employ for this race to strategically place runners so they're n- uh, never more than 6 feet away from each other and they've capped the race at 4000 people so it'll be it, it's right now it's billed as the first big race that's going to go in the US that's going to be covid that they're going to think about covid and how that works on a bigger in a, on, bi- on a bigger scale so uh, number one i'm hoping it happens cuz i think we're all having race fatigue but number two, it'll be interesting to see if they can execute this plan. So, and so during we,
1: the race, you shouldn't ever be closer than six feet to anyone else. You can, but they're like they're, they
0: have, they've employed some algorithm that that will space people out as they start. So they took the results from 2019 and they're gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna put those results into play for this one. So you have to say your proposed finish time, your average pace and all these other things, and they're going to take those and then work it out over 42k.
1: Very yeah. interesting. <laughs> Good luck with that, and yeah, we we'll see how we go. If you need like a little six feet uh, umbrella no. around you to run,
0: <laughs> yeah, I won't be that strict. The goal is just to make it to, to make it safe.
1: Hopefully, by June, things are already looking in the right direction there as well.
0: Yeah, our state just now, they just announced that if they're going down to 45 and older, well, if you have a health condition 45 and older, you'll get your vaccine. So I think we're at 30% already in our state, which which I think is pretty good. I think the goal is 80% or something like that, which they say we're going to be all done by May, so.
1: (laughs) That'd be pretty amazing, so. Yeah.
0: We'll see how it goes. The best part of this is that we're going to look back at this interview in three years and go, what are they talking about?
1: <laughs> no, nah, it, it'll be in the history books. Right, exactly. will be with us for a long time. So that the, the memories of it and the, the changes that have come out of it. Why don't you tell us, give us, give we'll give FooMan a plug, fooman.com,
0: and uh, tell us how we can contact you and. And we'll put up, we'll put the website on and the notes and the interview and
1: give you a nice, shameless plug. I'm not really good at these things. Just check us out for any extension needs, especially around making your life as an admin easier. If you want to customize PDFs, uh, we've done that for quite some time. And if you use Xero as your accounting platform, we're also
0: specialists in that. All right, well, I'll help you there too because I've been using FuMan's extension since 2010. I'm guessing, no, but I bet it was 2009 that we first started using your PDF customizer. And I'll say that then it was awesome and it's even awesomer or more awesome. I don't know which is the correct form, but I think awesomer is a good one. So I, I would, and it's FuMan.com. So I will give you a more than 10 years plug that, that, and I know that you're like 22 and you started when you're 10 or something. So it's an amazing story and an amazing journey.
1: Thank you so much for your testimony. And we actually have, have your mic shot on our website already as well. So just,
0: Oh geez. All right. Thanks again. Thanks for your time. And I will, I will alert you when this interview goes. Awesome.
1: Cool. All right. Looking forward to it and uh, we'll see what comes out of it.
0: Yeah. Have a good afternoon. It's 3.30 there tomorrow. Is that right? 1.30. It's 1.30 and it's Wednesday. Okay. It's 2.30 on what? Tuesday here. We're always a day ahead. Day yeah, ahead. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Cool. All right. Thanks for yep. your time. Take Cheers. care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you again for listening to our show today. Talk Commerce is sponsored by Eway Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise level digital solutions, and Wagento Creative, fulfilling strategic growth through digital solutions. Please subscribe to this podcast. New shows are out every week. Thank you.